Coming out there in podcast land, you have set the dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 158. Our guest a little later on going 10 rounds with Rhino, UFC lightweight Nick Fiore. It is a great one. I can't wait for you guys to check that out. So, our intro and our schedule is as follows. This episode is going to be jam-packed, even though we've been on this long hiatus away from the UFC. We've got the content for you, fam. We're bringing it, we're bringing it hard today. So, I've got the uh, co-main and main event results from LFA 149 from Arizona last night. We have a special segment with our girl, Invicta Bantamway, and our dear friend, Serena DeJesus, talking about her plan for 2023. It's going to be kind of her turn to kind of manifest some things she wants to make happen in 2023. So that's a really fun one. That's going to be on in just a little bit. We're going to have uh, APB and I are finally going to be able to make picks for a UFC card for next week. We'll have the results from the boxing match from Tank Davis versus Hector Luis Garcia from last night. Um, And then from that point on, we're going to have our Q&A with the Rhino Gang. And then finally, like like I said, Nick Fiore, UFC 155er goes a really fun 10 rounds with Rhino. So, APB, without further ado. Let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So the pro boxing, championship boxing from last night, we had uh, Gervonta Tank Davis fighting Hector Luis Garcia. Tank won by TKO in the ninth round. Um, that really sets up the, hopefully, <laughs> the Ryan Garcia fight uh, for, for a few months down the road. We got a question about that from our big homie Jim soon a little bit later, so we'll tackle that one later. So a big win for Tank over Hector Luis Garcia. Moving into LFA 149 from Chandler, Arizona, our guy, Rhino Gang member, Marcus McGee, Rhino Gang Gang Gang, got the second round TKO over Luciano Ramos. So big ups to Marcus McGee, 135 pounds. Then the 125-pound belt LFA um, LFA championship was on the line between Felipe Bunez versus Yuma Horaguchi, and Felipe got the round one ground and pound TKO finish to get the 125-pound belt or to retain it. And then real quickly, our guy Joe Gennetti over there at Cage Titans, Cage Titans 57, was last night over there in Plymouth, Massachusetts. He's the champ champ over there. I don't know if you know that or not. He's both the 155 and the 170 champ. He was defending his 155-pound title last night over Saul Almeida, and Joe got the unanimous decision in that one. So Joe Gennetti, Skeletor as he's known, our guy is and still, 155 and the 170 champ over there at Cage Titan. So big win for you. All right, APB, before we get into our uh, picks, we are going to play our Serena DeJesus segment about her manifestations for 2023. So Serena, take it away. Oh, Fight Fan, we got ourselves a very fantastic segment that we're going to be introducing this week. It is called 2023 Manifestations with my very good friend slash special guest, you might know her as the 5-2 and two Invicta Bantamweight. You might know her as being the Southpaw Outlaw. You might know her by the name of the Reenzilla. It is our girl, Serena DeJesus. Serena, thank you so much for joining us today, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Woohoo! We made it to 2023. What a wild ride these last three years have been. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to be 31 next week. I know, right? Like, wait, um, I'm like sitting here going, like, I'm going to be 31. What the shit? But, you know, I'm happy. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I know we have a lot of newer listeners. Um, not only was Serena my first guest on my old show three and a half years ago, if you could believe it, but she was my very first guest on CSWR 
We, she will always have a special place in our heart. She will always be welcome on this show in any way, shape, or form she wants to come on. So I had this idea for this bit, this 2023 manifestations kind of uh, resolutions that we're going to try to hammer out in this year of 2023. So the Reenzilla is going to hammer out some. So basically, what is the first resolution slash manifestation you want to put out into the universe, Serena, for this upcoming year or this year of 2023? I want to go to the UFC. I want to be in, I'm going to make it to the UFC. I'm going to be in their Bantamweight division. That's the goal for this year. I've been overlooked. I've been underrated. You know, I've been, what have you. Like, I feel I have had to go the harder route than any of the other girls in the Bantamweight division to get what I want. I've seen women who I honestly have put an ass whooping to get in there. Women from other divisions. You know, I've been passed up for title shots for where I am and other places. So you know what? I want this year to be the year I go to the UFC and, and make my dreams come true. So that's goal. That's resolution number one. That is resolution number one. That is manifestation number one. Now we're going to explore that for just a second. So I mm-hmm. saw Serena's last fight. I did media coverage for your last fight uh, in Kansas city. And, you know, it was the first time ever in my life I had a migraine. I, I was my first migraine ever. I was feeling horrible the whole time. I was just, it was miserable and not cool. There was a, a 90 second to two minute window of time where I felt great. And that was the moment that Serena saw me in the lobby and she came and jumped in my arms and she goes, Rhino, we kicked her ass. <laughs> like there was nothing in the world, not even a horrible migraine that could keep me from enjoying that moment. It was so great. The, the thing about Serena, when you watch her fight fam, is that there is a tenacity that you don't find hardly anybody else. And I know I'm talking about just women's fighting. I'm talking about MMA as a whole. When you watch Serena in the clinch, she is always looking to score. She is always looking to hurt you. It is one of those fucking deals that's an intangible. You have the intangible that deserves to be in the UFC. Not that should be, could be, or otherwise deserves to be in the UFC. That's my little piece on that one. Serena, do you have a second manifestation you'd like to put out into the atmosphere for 2023? I want to be a good kid. I want to lead my kids who I coach to success. I want to be the best kids coach I can be for my students in 2023. My coach, Marv, my coach, Marvin Eastman, he opened his gym up in um, March of last year. And so we haven't been open for a full year yet. And uh, actually this weekend, I'm taking my kids to their first ever jujitsu tournament. So my teens and my little kids, I get to take to their first ever tournament. And kind of show them how things go because they've scrambled with each other. They learn the techniques. And then now I just want to see how they go live. And, you know, their first go out will tell me what we need to fix and what have, what I've done great. But I want to be that kid's coach that keeps taking their, you know, taking their kids. to It's one thing to be a fighter yourself, but it's quite another calling to be working with kids and teenagers and helping them be the best they can be. Some of them have come in, you know, not be bullied anymore. Some of them came in because, like, the schools out here suck, really. Um, you know, all of that. Some of them are MMA fans. Like, I just got one who's a Hazmat fan. So he's loving all the grappling I'm showing. But I want to be a good kids coach to them and help them reach the, the peaks that they can reach. Because I told them, like, you guys have to be better than me when you're 30 or else I didn't do my job right. That's how I view it. I don't want them to be as good as me. I want them to be better than me so then they can pass it on. And then 
hopefully if they want to be kids coaches or whatever in the future, who knows? But yeah. I that person for them. I feel like you've been teaching for a pretty significant amount of time. Would you kind of give us some parameters on how long you've been doing that? So I've been coaching for about seven years now. For So for six of those years, I was an assistant coach with my friend, um, Roxanne Mataferi, who just retired from the UFC a, a year ago. Um, you know, 50 fights, man, in MMA, that's significant, man or woman. It's, it's crazy. And it's crazy now that I'm seeing my friend married and doing half the shit I tried to get her to do, like shooting my handgun, going on hikes, playing video games. She's doing all that now. I guess love makes people do crazy things. And <laughs> because her, her husband's awesome. So we still get to go out and hang out and all that. But um, I was learning the ropes essentially from Roxy for a while. And it was great because she was the good cop because we all know Roxy. She's pure, she's sweet and everything. I'm the oldest of four children. So I had no problem being the bad cop going like, I didn't say you could stop, keep going. But the kids all knew that I loved them anyways. Like I'd be on their butt, but they knew I loved them. And now being a head kids coach, it's a whole another mess. Like there's more responsibilities, obviously tacked on. I'm driving 30 minutes each way to and from. Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm driving. Yay. Yeah. Part of the 40% of autistics who can't drive. I've evolved. Yeah, go me. <laughs> Level up. <laughs> so yeah, you know, so I'm doing all that and you know, I'm, st I'm like, like I said, I just came back. Um, not too long. I coached for two hours, like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. It used to be every day, but I've got a fight coming up. So, you know, I need yeah. a little bit of downtime, but I love my students. I love seeing the progress they're all making. I'm loving to see how each of them have their own individual style of grappling and striking. Like, one of my students learned how to learned how to throw an elbow through somebody's guard, and I did not teach him that yet. I've shown it, but I haven't taught it yet. So the fact that this kid is like six years old and already knowing where to throw an elbow through somebody's guard when they have both their hands up covering is just chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to coaching, we all know that you're just, we're, as you and I recorded this, we're just a couple weeks away. From Invicta FC 51, uh, you'll be fighting Big Bad Olga Rubin that night on the uh, on the 18th. Is, is there a specific thing that you want to show in this fight? Is there a particular technique you've been really working on that you could share with us? If it's something super secret between you and the Beast Man, keep it there. But is there something you really want to get done in this fight, or is it just I want to be the same I fighter I always am? I want to be tenacious, you know, so on and so forth. I want to finish her. I want to drive my knee through her nose piece and have it stab her in the brain. Or maybe I'm channeling some Mike Tyson energy. <laughs> have been overlooked. She was a 45er in Bellator who got to cut the line, do it, get to fight for the belt, which I thought I earned after my last fight. So someone has to pay for that. And you know what? If she wants to grapple me, guess what? I have no problem giving her that Jorge Masvidal treatment. If anybody tries to grab my legs, I will tear your face apart. Be it my knee, be it my elbow. Stand and fight me, you coward. It doesn't get any better that when you go hard like that. You, if, if everyone was there for the microphone at your last after your last fight... You pulled no punches, as you never do. 
You let the people know what was exactly on your mind. It was articulated perfectly. The emotion, the sentiment, the facts were all there, as they always are with you. And we are mm-hmm. all super looking forward to January 18th when you fight Olga Rubin. So we've got some we've got some fight world, you know, manifestations and some and some resolutions. Do you want to finish this up, Serena, with maybe one or two like personal goals you might have for this year? I want to get my purple belt in jujitsu. I'm more of an Ogi person, and I've had a blue belt since, I think, 2014 now, so it's not really my fault I'm a sandbagger, I promise. There was, like, too many, in my old gym, there's too many jiu-jitsu coaches coming and going, and they didn't necessarily leave out notes for the incoming coach, so I kind of had to keep start my progress over again, and I just got tired of it. So, before my fight, so for the last six months, I've been working with Roxy on my gi techniques, you know, and I've been getting better and I got my first true stripes on my blue belt because originally I came from a gym that never really gave stripes. They just gave you your belt when they felt you were ready and you earned your belt. So I have two, I'm hoping to earn my other two. And then the goal is to find a grappling tournament in the gi and win that. And then I will get my purple belt. So that is one of my well, it is technically fighting, but not fighting. That's one of my more off MMA kind of goals. Yeah, no, that's definitely no. That definitely coincides with what I'm asking you. Yeah, anything outside of the but MMA I, world, absolutely. I just want to travel more because, like, last year really moved at an extremely breakneck pace. So I started the last year by almost losing my dad to COVID. He almost got Bernie Mac because the pneumonia was pretty bad. Then my friend Olena, you know, with the whole war in Ukraine, you know, she got out of there in time so she could start her PFL season. And then she fought the week before me. So I'm, you know, being her teammate, her cheerleader, helping her out. I have my fight. And then, you know, I was with her in Atlanta for PFL. And then I even flew all the way to jolly old London. It's just the... And all I was, while I was waiting for a fight all year, and it never came to fruition because I had four other girls because I decided to test free agency out and see what that was like because, like, I love traveling. Like, I don't see myself, and this is not to sound dour or grim, I don't see myself having a family of my own. You know, it's just choice I made, and, like, I'm 30, 31, I've only had one, I've only dated once because people are part of my language. They're weird. They're crazy. You know, and I've been let down a bit. So I just want to travel. And before now that Invicta is going all over, this is great. I love this stuff because I've never fought in Denver, but I want to travel. I want to see other places. I want to go to Montana again. I want to go to all these other states. You know, I love Kansas City and all, but it's like your favorite dish food. You eat too much, you get tired of it. Same thing with Kansas City. I love it, but I didn't get to go to Legoland and do any other cool things. So I'm kind of bored of Kansas City for the moment. But now that Invicta's traveling, I'm happy again. And that's why I resigned. So fighting's just not fighting to me. It's like a real life thing, a street fighter. You fight someone, you go to a new place and then win and go somewhere else. That's how I've always wanted to live my life. The world warrior style, you know? Yeah. Well, you know you always have a place uh, here in Detroit. We would we would always love it. I would love to show you around Detroit sometime in the next couple of years. If ever you want to come through, bring your homie Elena. Uh, you guys are so funny together. It's like it should be a... Uh, it should be like a buddy comedy <laughs> reality show between the two of you. So you two should do like some sort of road trip. You two come out to Detroit. We'll take you around. We'll go to a Red Wings or a Pistons or a I could, Lions I could, game or something. I could be extremely tempted for that, especially after this fight and whenever 
Olena is not fighting in the PFL. So, because I know make sure season- you film it because it was too funny. You guys are too oh, funny to not have that on film. <laughs> like, we are two cameras short of a reality TV series, me and that girl. Totally <laughs> true. If you watch your guys' Instagram stories, both of you, it is just hysterical between the both of you. And so, yeah, I am all for that. I want that reality series. I, you know what? I'm going to manifest that. I'm going to manifest that. SJ, manifest uh, re- <laughs> you and Elena are going to be yeah, a fucking reality so, show. <laughs> it's going to be called East, East Meets West. That's going to be the yes. reality. <clears throat> oh, my God. I watch you guys go around the, like, around the country and around the world having adventures. Like, holy shit. I can see it right now. That would just be a fucking viral sensation online without question. Well, Serena De Jesus, my dear friend. My first guest on both of my shows I've ever done. It is always such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so glad we finally have met in person and I got to see you fight live. I loved it. I can't wait to see you fight again, which is going to be fam. It's going to be January the 18th, Invicta Fighting Championship 51 versus Big Bad Olga Rubin. We got Serena De Jesus, the Southpaw Outlaw. Once again, thank you for manifesting and having your resolutions on with Combat Sports with Ronda tonight. You know how much we love you and best of luck and skill on January 18th, my friend. Well, dude, thanks, Rhino. Serena, that was so fun, dude. Thank you so much for doing that. And we cannot wait to see you kick some ass come your next Invicta fight. It's going to be awesome. Just a just a couple weeks away or a few weeks away. So we are looking forward to that. All right, APB. Let's get our main card picks in for UFC Fight Night this coming Saturday. Um, first, I'll go with, I think it's a little bit out of order, but I got, I, I hate to say this because I love 50K Ige. I love Danny Ige. I think Damon Jackson is really on a good streak right now, and I got to go Damon Leach Jackson beating 50K Ige by submission Arm triangle in the third round at 145 pounds. What is your call on that one, APB? Hmm. Well, I I don't like what you just said. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> so, but I, I get where you're coming from. But I picked uh, Ige to make a comeback with the KO in round two. Clean KO. Clean KO, round two, 50 Ige for APB. All right. Moving in 185 pounds, I've got Roman Kopilov beating Punahili Soriano by third round TKO on the feet. That's Kopilov over Soriano, TKO round three. What about you? I have the exact opposite. I have Soriano with the TKO in round three. Oh, we're already at odds, and I love it. All right. I do, too. Moving into Hani Barsolos versus Umar Nurmagomedov, and I think this is going to be a little bit of an upset because uh, Umar is undefeated. I've got Hani Barsolos winning by submission, heel hook in the third round. Heel hook submission over Ooh. Umar Nurmagomedov, round three. What's your call on that one, APB? A heel hook. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, I picked Nurmagomedov with the rear naked choke in round two. That very well may happen. Like I said, that's kind of my upset special on that one. Yeah. So let's move in 135 pounds and a Rhino gang member, our girl, Rocky Pennington beating Ketlin Vieta in a very close fight. I'm going split decision. Rocky Pennington over Ketlin Vieta. What about you? I got Pennington too, but I'm going to have her um, submitting uh, with a guillotine Ooh. choke in round three. Yeah. APB bringing out the submission. I love it. All right. Moving into our main event. I've got Nasruddin Imavov beating Kelvin Gastelum by TKO in the third round. And here's how it's going to go APB. Okay. They are going to be they're going to be exchanging in the middle. 
Okay, Calvin Gaslam is going to throw a big left hand, which seems to hurt Nasruddin Imavov, but he's not that hurt. He fucking angles off and lands a one, two, and then a fucking huge three, which is a hook into fucking Gaslam's grill, knocks him down, jumps on him, finishes him up with a little bit of GMP. So that's the finishing sequence in the third round for Nasruddin Imavov over Calvin Gaslam. What is your call on that one? I like that. I have Imavov with the round four TKO. So close, <clears> enough, <throat> but not not as specific. And you and you're getting yours done a little bit early, so that, that's good. <laughs> well, you you having Kelvin go all the way to the fourth round with his suspect cardio. I know it's a big <laughs> fucking reach down to himself. So we'll see what happens there. Whenever um, there's championship rounds, I like to stretch it out. I get it. Why I, get not? It. I, why not? I totally get it. <laughs> all right, let's go get to our Q and A. Our first one. Comes from our dear homie, the Raisin Sweet Potato, who's got a fun one for us this week. RSP, take it away. Okay, RSP um, says, a little challenge for you this week. Build the, build the best fighter possible using personality traits and physical features of only fictional characters. For example, the physique of He-Man, the wrestling of Zangief, with the attitude of Oscar the Grouch. Feel free to use as many traits and features as you see fit. Very cool question, my dude. I love it. So personality-wise, I'm going with William Wallace. Now, William Wallace is the main character from Braveheart. He was a real person. Obviously, for the movie, they took some liberties and did some things. But for all intents and purposes, William Wallace is crazy yet measured. He's brave. Wink, wink, Braveheart. <laughs> he, has a, he has that idea for war and strategy, and he's really, really smart. So all that, I want the personality of William Wallace. If we're going to go with physique, I got to go with Brad Pitt's character from Fight Club, Tyler Durden. You want to talk about ripped? I mean, I think he's like a perfect 155er, ripped, strong, ready to rock and roll. Tyler Durden's physique um, from uh, Fight Club. As far as like, I don't know, dude. As far as like the power, I'm going to go with just straight up power. I'm going to go with Colossus from the X-Men <laughs> because it doesn't get much stronger than a guy made of whatever metal material he's made of. So, yeah, I'm going to go with power, Colossus. And then I, sticking with, because you mentioned Zangief, sticking with the Street Fighter thing, I want the Muay Thai of Sagat because Sagat is a crazy evil villain with amazing Muay Thai. So that's what I'm going to go with that. So you mix all that together, you've got a hell of a fighter. So that is what I'm sticking with for all of the traits for this made-up fictional MMA fighter. And that was a really fun one to get into, RSP. So thank you very much, my dude. All right. Our next one comes from my, my homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got for us this week, dude? Doc says... Your favorite line from me. Doc says. Uh, <laughs> Doc says. Carlos, Isaac, Daniel, Nick, and Rocky all fought on last night's card. Oh, they're all fighting on the upcoming card. I don't know why he wrote it like that, but they're all fighting on this coming card. Yes. Oh, ahead. this coming card. Okay. This coming card then. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when there are that many Rhino gang on a card, how does that affect your experience watching the fights? So it's definitely like, it's definitely fun. There's no way around it. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we're what? there's still that fan in me, right? That's like, this is so cool that this person's going out there. We had this really great conversation months ago or sometimes years ago, right? But like, so I'm always like, I have an affinity for Rhino Gang fighters, of course. There definitely is a Rhino Gang bias, if you will, <laughs> whatever, whatever I'm watching. However, it, it, it absolutely makes it more fun and exciting for me. If there's also that element of nerves because I really do have an emotional attachment 
um, to these fighters. I really want them. I get to know them a little bit better, and I want them to succeed and be successful. So it's kind of tempered, right? There's both the extra excitement and fun factor, and then there's also that little, you know, edge of anxiety that goes along with it. So, yeah, it definitely, when there's five or six fighters who have had on on a card, it definitely is a lot of, it definitely is a lot of fun overall with just that little hint, a little seasoning extra of anxiety sprinkled over the top. So that is my answer on that one, Doc. Thank you very much, my dude. Great question. All right. Next, we've got the motorcycle ride madman, the Dean Dog. Dean Dog, what do you got for us this week, dude? Dean Dog wants to know. He says, so I have a question that haunts me. In their prime, who wins? Philo Beto or Tank Murdoch? I think Tank, but would love your thoughts. So on the surface, that's a tough one. You're absolutely right. But if you've ever read the story, the in real life story about how when Clint Eastwood was a young man in the service, his plane crashed into the Pacific Ocean off the coast of California. In the pitch black of night, in shark-infested fucking waters, this dude half swam and half dragged a life raft through like really gnarly um, waves. And like I said, there's sharks everywhere for miles in the pitch black in the ocean, dude. Finally made his way to shore, walked however long to the nearest town um, to get to a phone to get help. So that's a level of toughness that's like beyond, right? So any character that Clint Eastwood has played, I'm usually going to pick them in a fight. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like, so for me, it's definitely Philo Beto over Tank in a fist fight for sure. Uh, if you guys don't know that, just look up Clint Eastwood's characters that he's played in movies and you, you'll, you'll put the, you connect the dots together. But yes, after reading that story and knowing that story, I, I will never not pick against a young Clint Eastwood in a fist fight against pretty much any other fictional character that has been in a movie or a TV show. So that, my dear friend, is my answer on that one. Great question, D-Dog. Thank you so much, my dude. All right, let's get into the big homie Jimmy suit. Now, I know APB is not sick anymore, <laughs> but we'll see if her fucking depression can still hold up, which I think it will. So, Jimmy Soon, what do you got for us this week, my dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? <laughs> Rano and the Rano gang, hope y'all are doing well. Do you think the Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia is going to happen? And who do you think wins? You kids know it's always 420. <laughs> so basically, dude, I do think it's going to happen. And I know I've, I've said for a long time, well, Terrence Crawford and fucking Errol Spence Jr. has to happen because they're the two best. And it hasn't happened. I don't know if it's going to. I, I hold out hope. But I do think that Tank Garcia, that's funny. We've got back-to-back questions with the name Tank in it. So I do think Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia is going to happen in 2023. They are both incredibly talented fighters. The biggest difference that I see between them, I mean, look at their experience. One's 28-0 with 26 knockouts. That's Tank. Ryan's like 23-0 with 18 or 19 knockouts. The biggest reason I want to give it to Ryan to like really squeak out a really, really close decision is, is the height and the reach. Tank is like 5'5 five, five and a half. He's stocky. He's really strong. Ryan's like 5'10". And it has the, the maybe the fastest hands in the division, lightweight. So put those two things together, the super fast lightning, fast hands, and the height and the reach. Again, it's going to be a really close, really good fight if it happens. But I give the very slight edge to Ryan Garcia in that one. So, OG, that is my answer on that one. I love when you have a question because that means APB can do her impression <laughs> of you. 
which is probably my favorite thing that's ever happened on this show of all time. And so, yes, please keep them coming, Jim Soon, our OG and our good friend. Thank you so much, sir. All right, let's get into our homie, Mr. B. Mr. B, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Mr. B says, I've got a boxing question. With him now being under the PBC slash Showtime banner, what opponents do you look forward to seeing Demetrius Andrade against? So, uh, dude, I'm really hopeful it's it's Jermel Charlo, dude. They were supposed to fight previously, but, like, they couldn't agree on the money split. Surprise, surprise. Right? <laughs> it's boxing. You know, the, the money is always the big issue. There was a lot, of th- a lot of other things in the camp just could not, like, get together um, to make the fight happen. So, yeah, Demetrius Andrade and Jermel Charlo was at one point a, a possibility. I would really like to see that fight fucking happen. You want to talk about two guys who are super experienced, who are tall, who are incredibly skilled. I mean, both those guys are really great boxers. They're both fun to watch. I, they have all the ingredients to make a great fucking fight, whether they would be a 154 or 160. doesn't really matter. You know, they're both really, really good fighters. And I think that matchup really lends itself to being a fun fight, not just for the fans, but for, like, the boxing world, right? It would get a lot of people excited. The other ingredient is they don't like each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always good to have some real, like, you know, bad blood going into it. I would love to see that fucking fight. There, of course, is going to be talk about, you know, a, a fight with Canelo and Demetrius. I just don't see that happening right now, dude. So, yeah, um, Jermel Charlo, that's my answer. That's what I want to see. I think they can make that fucking shit happen, and I really hope they get it done in 2023, dude. So that is my answer right now. And, Mr. B, thank you so much for asking the question. Our dear homie. Okay, let's go ahead and get into our next one. Which comes from our buddy Decrons. Decrons, what do you got for us this week, dude? Decrons says, "Do you feel Patty was exposed his last fight? How far do you think he'll go? And who would you like to see him fight next? I'd love <laughs> to see Steamroller flatline the Scouser. <laughs> I would too. That would be a good one. I was gonna say, I know you're gonna say something about that. I know you love that too. So exposed is too rough of a word. No, because I think Jared Gordon is a really good fighter." Um, and obviously a lot of people thought myself included thought Jared Gordon won that fight, um, exposed. No, uh, cause he didn't really get beat up or anything. Um, and like I said, Jared Gordon's good. I think Patty's a good young lightweight. Okay. I want to say that he's 20 and three. He's a former cage warriors titleist. Um, he is four and in the UFC now dispute all you want. He really, you know, at the end of the day, he is four and in the UFC. He's ranked number 20 right now. And so I think he needs to keep climbing. Um, so there's a couple names that stand out to me that are above him that I think should be next. One is Grant Dawson. I think that'd be a good test for him. And then Drew Dober, dude, Drew Dober after his last fight, we know how exciting he is. We know he'll fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. I think Patty, the baddie in a stadium would be the best bet. I think Drew Dober or Grant Dawson versus Patty, the baddie will let us know where Patty really is. Do I see him ever being championship caliber? It's too tough to say not right now. I don't right. If you can get by some of those guys, then we may have to start talking about it. If I had to predict right now, no, I don't see Patty Pimblett becoming the UFC lightweight champion. I just don't. Um, but he could surprise us in a couple of years. If he can rattle off another four or five wins and look better and keep improving, then, you know, who knows? But yeah, if you have to like, if I have to like mention for sure right now, I don't think so. Um, and I do like the Drew Dober or Grant Dawson for his next one. So those are my answers on that one. Thank you very much, D. Crowns are Broski. All right, that's going to be it for our writing questions. We've got one from the friendly sparring pod host. I believe his name is Juice. I think he's going to give us our <laughs> one and lone um, voice question. So go ahead and take that away for us there, Juicy Fruit, baby. Hey, what's up, Rhino? You know who I am and what I do. 
wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Jake Paul signing with the PFL. Now, I know that you have largely stayed away from Jake Paul in boxing, and that is fair. Um, I think now that he's going to be part of MMA, MMA we kind of have to talk about him. And I have a few thoughts. I think it's kind of good for the sport because, well, he's been an MMA story for a long time while never actually competing in MMA. So at least it's actually he's going to kind of put his money where his mouth is. I don't imagine they'll give him like real competition initially, but he's also technically O and O in MMA. So there's that. I don't know. What are your thoughts and who would you like to see him face? Yeah, dude. No, I'm with you. I agree. <clears throat> I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, Jake Paul uh, did sign with the PFL. And yeah, he'll get some low level competition to start as he should. I mean, this guy's O and O as a mixed martial artist. I know he's got some boxing experience, but not against anybody particularly that good and um, not a, nobody in their prime, that's for sure. So, yeah, he should get some low-level competition. I'm guessing he's going to compete at middleweight, so 185 pounds. And uh, I'm not going to predict like or give him like, a pick for who I think he should fight until he has three wins in the PFL. If he can rattle off three wins, then if he gets to that, I'll cover him like an actual MMA fighter and not a YouTuber. But right now, he's still a YouTuber to me who is now getting into MMA. I do think, much like the Clarissa Shields signing to the PFL, that it will bring more eyes and more fans to MMA, which at the end of the day is good for everybody, dude. It's good for not just the PFL, but it's good for the UFC. It's good for Bellator. It's good for one. It's good for the LFA. It's good for all mixed martial arts companies to bring more people, which means more eyes, which means more dollars, which, again, is good for everybody top to bottom. So I agree with you. I think it's a good thing for MMA overall. And we'll have to wait and see what happens. So great question. As always, Juice, make sure you check him out at the Friendly Sparring Pod, the Juicy Fruit Baby. He's our broski, and we love him. So thank you very much, Juice. All right, APB. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with UFC lightweight Nick Bedtime Story Fiore. Now, there is a, a catch behind that. That's not actually his nickname yet, but it's my idea for his nickname, which I think he should use. And I'm putting the heat on because I think it's a good one because he chokes a lot of people out. So bedtime story, Fiore. We'll see if, we'll, if that one will stick. But, yes, Nick Fiore, go ahead and get it uh, 10 rounds around with him. Make sure you check that one out. It is so good. After a quick word from our sponsor, KR Designs. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at KR Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. 
Ah, fight fan, we got ourselves another fantastic guest going 10 miles right with us this week. 6-0, UFC lightweight, Nick Fiore is here with us tonight. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. Well, we're super stoked to have you on. Any member of the New England cartel is a good friend of ours, and, um, you know, we've had Rob on the show, we've had Tommy Pags on the show, and, like, we just, you guys are our boys, so we love having you guys on. So, basically, homie, the first round with Rhino is always the same every week. We love to hear the origin story. What's the what's the background story about you first got involved in this crazy, wacky world of MMA, dude? Well, um, basically, um, I ended up um, moving when I was younger. Uh, I was, like, 12. And, uh, you know, new new place. You know, I made some new friends and stuff. But, um, you know, I... Uh, uh, ended up moving pretty close to a martial arts school and I had always been interested in it. And, um, I was hooked day one, day one. I, I wanted to do it all the time. Uh, I wanted to fight eventually. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it soon became my ambition to uh, make it to the UFC. Oh, hell yeah. So, well, speak uh, to, yeah, dude. And speaking of that, as you and I are recording this, we're just nine days away from that dream coming to fruition. It will be your UFC debut. Now for somebody who's on the regional scene, who gets that call? Uh, that's got to be one of the most thrilling, exciting, scary, amazing um, situations that somebody could be in in the fight world. Can you kind of walk us through how you found out? Did your manager call you? How did your whole, you know, this whole thing kind of uh, happen for you? Yeah, so I was actually um, hitting pads with my uh, Muay Thai trainer Jake, and uh, you know, we we finished up, and both of us had multiple missed calls from my manager Tyson, and uh, so I knew something was up. So we uh, we called him back, and uh, sure enough, we we got the call, man. So three weeks' notice, about you know, m- m- just shy. And yeah, uh, yeah so uh, you know, everything you said is completely true, though. It's uh, um, um, you know, exciting. It, it's really satisfying to uh, finally make it to where I was trying to get. It's also, you know, pretty uh, scary thrilling you know um (laughs) so yeah everything man a lot of emotions very cool dude and that's tyson chartier that you are referring to head head over there at the nec he's our guy too (laughs) we love you tyson shout out um so your opponent that night is polish fighter mateusz rebecki he's got a very pretty looking record you know what i mean but um I, I, I'm not familiar with him, and what do you think he brings to the table? Like, have you seen any tape on him? Have your, or do you kind of leave that to your coaches? Yeah, I've seen some f- some film, and uh, you know, we'll do a, you know, Tyson will probably write up a scouting report and stuff. But um, yeah, man, he looks more of a more of a grappler. He's a southpaw. He's he's definitely, you know, he, he looks like a powerful guy. He's throwing, you know, um, some pretty heavy punches, and um, you know, it's like um, jujitsu. But um, uh, a heavy wrestling emphasis. So uh, yeah, man, it's definitely definitely a tough fight. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And you know, it, it's it's always interesting when you fight someone from so far away. There's going to be less footage on them. There's going to be less, you know, people that you know that maybe have trained with them. So yeah, it's a little bit more of a mystery. But you know, I'll, as everybody says, you got to prepare and figure out what you're going to do, and then you'll worry about what they're going to do later, right? So yep. at, at just 25 years old, you've got six Amy fights six pro fights and six wins in that time by rear naked chokes. You want to talk about snatching necks and cashing checks. You're talking about Nick Fiore, my dear. <laughs> so when did you figure out that this technique was something that you were able to really 
you know, you kind of really were drawn to and were able to figure out that, hey, I'm really good at pulling this off. I want to keep going back to this. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, uh, you know, uh, from a very dominant position from back control. Um, my jujitsu is my uh, strongest part of my game, I would say, my, my submission grappling. And, um, you know, hitting it a lot in the gym, just repetition, repetition. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it, it ends up happening that way in fights a lot because, um, uh, a lot of time I'll end up getting mount and then, you know, they don't want to get, uh, get hit with punches or elbows or anything. So, uh, people often turn belly down and, you know, then I just go to work. So it's, uh, it's pretty much, you know, I feel like every good submission you want it to almost in a sense, fall into your lap. And that's, uh, that's sort of how I'm trying to make it happen, you know? Absolutely, dude. Now, you've had lots of fights with the Combat Zone promotion, which I'm very familiar with. Our homie Dave Fretz, the, the Einstein of graphic design, as I call him, has been involved with that uh, promotion for a long time. So Combat Zone is is a regional promotion up in the you know north, the Northeast. Can you kind of tell us about how you originally got started, you know, fighting for Combat Zone and kind of, you know, what that meant to your career? Yeah, um, it was a... Uh... You know, one of the one of the local shows, a bunch of local uh, promotions around here. Um, but um, you know, I started out with Combat Zone. Uh, you know, um, Calvin Cater, my good friend, is the um, the owner of uh, Combat Zone. So it was kind of cool working working with him regularly um, uh, for when I was um, getting my fights together and stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it, it's right in my backyard, so I could sell a lot of tickets. And, um, you know, still, still compete while not having to, um, you know, go to extreme distances. So, yeah, yeah. Travel is one of those things, especially on the come up. That's just, you know, you can't be too picky and choosy about your fights. You kind of got to go where you get a contract and where you have what you consider to be maybe a fair fight. And so it's a really big advantage to be able to like sleep in your own bed the night before and then go out the next day and fight. You know what I mean? There's a whole lot that goes into that. So yeah, that's a real fucking treat uh, that you were able to have combat zone right in your backyard, dude. Uh, so here's a, here's a fun question for you that I think you'll know, but you know, if you don't no shame, no shame, my dude. So what do you, Nick Fiore, comedian, Adam Sandler, wrestling slash promoter, wrestler slash promoter, triple H poet, Robert Frost and head frontman of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, all have in common? I don't know. Uh, nothing really jumps out at me. I got the answer for you, my dude. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. New Hampshire, baby. Stand ah. up. Everybody's from New Hampshire. So can you kind of kind of tell us about what it was like growing up in New Hampshire and where you uh, where you came up at, dude? So um, I actually uh, spent... Uh, the like the first half of my my childhood uh, in Massachusetts, uh, and then um, basically my uh, my parents got a divorce. We moved up to New Hampshire when I was twelve, and that was uh, actually right when I started uh, training martial arts. Okay, so you talked about uh -huh. the move at twelve, and I, now that was that was to New Hampshire yep. from Massachusetts. I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha, you, dude. So I was, that was actually kind of fun. I, did, <laughs> I looked up like, oh, let's get some fun, famous people from New Hampshire. Because you just don't, that's just not something you think about all the time. <laughs> you know I, mean? I was like, yeah, holy right. shit, Adam Sandler? Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that either. 
<laughs> well, we're learning. See, this is, this, is a, this is an educational program here at Combat Sports with Rhino, my friends. All right, so away from the cage, dude, because you got to have you got to have balance in, in the fight world. You got to have time away from the cage, away from training, away from fighting, just for some time to decompress, have some fun, do something else. So, what are some things that you like to do away from the cage, away from the fight world, just to kind of have a little fun and relax, my guy? Uh, you know, uh, simple stuff. I'll just. You know, I, I enjoy like taking my dog for a walk, you know, um, spending anything, spending some time outside. Uh, I definitely want to, uh, get outside, uh, you know, this, this winter, um, uh, maybe do a little snowboarding, something like that. Uh, but when I'm real dead, uh, I'll just chill at home, play some video games, you know, watch a movie with my girlfriend or something like that. Um, but you know, uh, not a ton. Not a ton, yeah. man. Yeah. We're, we're, in, we're in the gym so much, it's like, you know, uh, there's not there's not a ton of time. So it's, it's uh, usually something at the end of the day, and then a little bit of broken up uh, midday, where I'll have some time to chill. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, this is a question that I've been doing for the past few months, and it's really... It's just so funny how somebody either knows right away or it takes them a minute to kind of think of something. So we'll we'll see which category you fall into, my dude. If you were not a fighter, if pro fighting was not your profession, what do you think you'd be doing right now as a career? Dude, I love teaching, actually. Like, like just as much uh, as I love, like, uh, competing in, uh, in martial arts. So, um, I mean, if you took that away, I don't know. I probably uh, have some kind of trade job, some some physical, you know. Uh, um, I don't know though. Uh, definitely, if I wasn't fighting, I would be just teaching, just teaching sure. martial art, teaching yeah. jujitsu or some other form of martial art. I got you, my guy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So as a, as as a one fifty five. Now you're tall. It's like I'm six one, and I was a heavyweight as a pro fighter, and you are almost my height and you're a 155 er so one thing for sure that we have to do as part of our training as part as our pre-fight regimen you got to cut weight it's just something that we have to do it's done that's you know it's a it's an evil that we don't like to have to deal with but we do so when you are cutting weight we are eating clean we're putting away some of the things we really love but nick after the fight is over after you've already won it's time to hang out with the friends the family the training partners really throw down on some good grub what are you going to get and where are you going to get it from Dude, so I I do a lot of sushi, love sushi, um. But after that, after a fight or something like that, where I can just kind of fuck off for a little bit, yeah. Um, a good like Five Guys burger or something <laughs> like that, you know, just really indulge, you know. And like, uh, how, what's your what's your style? Like, what do you what you know? Give me give me some deets. Nah, uh, maybe like a like a bacon cheeseburger. You know, loaded up with some condiments and uh, some grilled mushrooms on there or something. Oh, you know? okay. That's a little yeah. curveball there with the mushrooms. It. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Dude, Damn. Five Guys is so good. But yeah, please keep going, dude. We love this shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I'll, I'll just I'll just go for it. Great. Get a shake and everything. Um, now, are you vanilla, strawberry, chocolate? What are we What are we working with? Chocolate shake. Probably, uh, I don't know, throw some Oreos in there, whipped cream. See, see, yeah. this is why I ask these questions, because this is fucking phenomenal right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I mean, it, it really, I feel like 
cutting the weight makes you like really appreciate that stuff, man. And, and when you get it after a fight, like, not, you know, it's just nothing's better. No, you're absolutely right. And again, it, to me, it was, it was either burgers or wings. Like there was nothing that tastes better after yeah. all that fucking weeks and weeks and weeks of having fucking chicken breast with Mrs. Dash on top of it and broccoli. <laughs> And then to yeah, fucking right. stick into a, a triple burger with mayonnaise and ketchup dripping off the side and cheese <laughs> and all that shit. God dang, dude. It's fucking yeah, me. I almost missed that because it tastes better when you've earned it like oh, that yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? Okay, it's been like weeks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> thinking no, about that it. Was a, <laughs> that was a fucking fantastic answer. <laughs> so, Nick, we have careened our way into the 10th round with Rhino which is just the easiest round of them all, bro. Let us know your social medias. So all my homies in the Rhino gang, we can all follow you along, keep tabs on you and your career moving forward and kind of be another uh, level of support for you for your upcoming fight in, uh, in about nine days, my dude. Yeah, so it was mostly uh, just uh, Instagram. I got my Facebook too. This is my personal Facebook, but it's just uh, Nick Fiore underscore MMA. It's my Instagram. Yeah, check it out. You know, mostly pictures for uh training with the guys and stuff i definitely want to get some more uh you know videos of uh some of the, some of our workouts on there some training sessions um but yeah there it is so nick fiore was it underscore mma is that what you said yep yep okay nick fiore underscore mma fam on instagram and yeah that's my favorite part of ig to be honest with you i love seeing the training i love seeing the rolling and the fucking hitting the pads and the bags like that's that's my favorite part of instagram so yeah check this dude out on what is it what's the uh what's the date coming up well it's not it's nine days from right now so whatever that is um, january 14th january 14th thank you i should have written that down but you know what <laughs> i fuck up too sometimes so january 14th let's check out nick fiore in his lightweight collision with mateus rebecca on uh ufc fight night it's gonna be fucking awesome dude we cannot tell you how much we appreciate we know how busy times are right now especially on late notice you're trying to find any you know, trying to make two as, as many possible training sessions and everything about the fight. So we really appreciate you taking some time out today to go 10 rounds with Ryan O'Nick. And, dude, best of luck, best of skill. We'll all be riding with you. And, you know, really fucking you're going to have a great performance that night. I can feel it. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It was uh, great talking with you, brother. This is Nick Fiore, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Nick, thank you so much, my dude. I can't believe you are fighting just like a week from where we're having this conversation. It was so awesome. Thank you so much, dude. You want to talk about like cutting it close to fight time, but you took the time out. We really, really appreciate you, my dude. So best of luck and best of skill at your upcoming fight this weekend, my dude. All right, let's give a shout outs and our outro tour forum contributors to the Rage of Sweet Potato from up in Canada Way, to my homie, the Doc, to the Dean Dog, the motorcycle riding madman, to the big homie, Jim Asun, to our broski, Mr. B from over in New York. Thank you very much for the question, my dude. To D. Crowns from also up in Canada Way. To our homie Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. To APB for being the co-host with the Mohos. A big shout out to Serena De Jesus for doing your awesome segment on your manifestations for 2023. Good luck on your upcoming fight with Invicta. You are going to be awesome, my friend. All right, so instead of doing our normal shout outs <clears throat> to some of our fabulous friends who help us promote the show and our listeners and fans of the show... We're going to take just a second to remind anyone who is struggling with mental health, please reach out for help. There are hundreds of phone numbers and websites that you can look up that you can find help. No matter what you are feeling, I promise, I'm glad that you're here. APB is glad that you are here. 
Everybody in the Rhino Gang, we are all so glad you are here. The world is better with you in it. So please, if you are struggling with your mental health, please, we beg, plead, and everything else for you to reach out for to get help because we want and need you here on this planet. We love you. And that being said, as we love to sign off here at CSWR, love is greater than hate, and we will see you next week. Kate Sucks!